You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. Getting ready for this. Yeah, we don't even, we're not even, now we're just now thinking, oh, crap, it's coming. Yeah. What do we need to be doing? Well, right. and, you know, like we talked about earlier, or we talked about earlier, um, you know, what is it? You got to start getting your stuff together. And you were talking about, I made an Instagram post about, are yeah. you ready for the season? And right. you just, oh, yeah, my gun doesn't Light even bulb. work. Right. It just, you know, you think you have so much time and you put that stuff away on the back burner and then, you know, the real world steps in, you know, and says, all right, you got to do this. And you, you forget about everything, you know, whether it's youth sports or it's, you know, after school activities or it's your real job or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't even think about the little stuff or, you know, with the flooding in the Midwest, oh, I, I basically nationwide for the most part, priorities, you know, fall in place rather than a hobby. Sure. So, well, and like, yeah, like you, you've got two kids, one in volleyball, one in baseball, and that takes up so much time. This, so much time. In the summer, especially. Right, right. And like we were talking about earlier too, what's the current state of your shotgun? It doesn't work. <laughs> it literally does not work. You pull the trigger and it does, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I totally forgot all about it. Thought yeah. I had time, you know, and, and Aaron Jones has to put a, hey, uh, Less than two months to go or something like that. I'm like, holy cow. It is. It's almost two. <laughs> and your season. gun doesn't work. My gun doesn't work. How's yours? I know you were, you no, pulled well, yours Well, I mean, it works, but I'm, I'm just picky about it. I want to put a sure, uh, sure cycle on the back of it. Uh, yeah. Just because, I mean. I heard um, some talk at lunch that yours doesn't work even when it does. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it just misses and I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. yeah the barrel. It happens. Yeah. It's curved. It's, no, I mean. No, it's a workhorse. I seracoded it, and it's uh, it usually runs no matter what. I don't really, I don't have any hangups usually. Well, and but I know it's always covered. I mean, I I get rust coming out of that inertia system in the back. Mm-hmm. I I see it. I know I clean it out as best I can. I don't take the tube out every time, but I do see all that rust. I do push it in as far as I can with the tool mm-hmm. and and try to drain it, like spray some stuff in there, drain it out. But I got to get a sure uh, cycle in there. Well, and luck- I was I was fortunate enough that last year after the late season hunt and the snow and the sleet and my gun was soaking wet that I kind of cleaned it. But I then went pigeon hunting about a month or six weeks later, and it was only cycling one round. And <laughs> so luckily it was before turkey season, which I ended up shooting all my turkeys with a bow anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I ended up pulling that inertia system completely out. And fortunately it wasn't rust. But talk about gunk and yeah. just yeah. crap yeah. all over that spring. It duck, was just a nightmare. Duck hunting's hard on everything. It oh, is. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's the whole point of really. We try to, I have a couple hunting buddies that I hunt strictly with, and we try to do a checklist, you know, right before the season ends. All right, what do we have to worry about for next year, you know, before we forget? Because if you, you shut down, shut duck camp down or, or your boat down and, and you forget about it, you turn that page and you move on with the real world. And then all of a sudden it's September one and you're like, Oh crap, I didn't do this, 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 and this, and it's too late. It's too late. It is. So for those listening today, we're talking with Travis Mueller of he's Mr. Avery, Mr. Banded, Mr. Green headgear. So we had him on what one or two podcasts last year. I don't remember. I think it was two. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. We did did a waiter one and then I believe we did the XDs. Yes. That's right. So it's good to have you back every time you're back. We Glad like to, to do, do sushi. 
I know. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. So it seems like that's what we eat every time. That's what we do. But that's okay. I'm not a complaining one bit. No, I'm not at all. So you're talking about what you do at the end of the season, make a list of what's got to get done. Right. We were talking about earlier today that none of us have even really started getting ready no. for the season. No. We kind of use, or I kind of use waterfowl week to, to kick off my, okay, it's time to start getting things moving. But what do you typically do? What's on your checklist to get ready for season? I mean, people are going to be start doing that like right now. So no, you're, you, Actually, you're exactly right. So waterfowl weekend for me, you know, has always been, you know, a, a very busy week leading up to it, getting mm-hmm. things ready for stores, getting product in, getting displays ready. For you guys, you know, I come down early and, and that is, that is my time. I, I actually buy shells at Rogers that week, you know, and that's kind of that that light switch for me that where that switch flips, you know, it helps that I have an 11 year old that reminds me every day, how many dares there are till duck season a lot of times, but, <laughs> but you know, like any kid, sometimes you hear them, sometimes you don't, but it, it, this is my week. You're right. You're exactly right. And it's funny you said that because I was thinking driving over here, you know what, man, it's coming up, it's coming up. And, and I, I think I, I feed off the customers when they come in and you still see that, you know, that look in those guys' eyes where, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I could remember saying my prayers at night and saying, all right, God, just make me wake up in the morning. Just let me wake up so I can hunt, you know, type deal. And you see that fire in, in adults' eyes walking mm-hmm. into Rogers and you're like, okay, all right. That's, that's what fuels me or starts sure. to fuel me. And it changes every year. Priorities change every mm-hmm. year. You know, I mean, I've had old men come to me and say, yeah, I just don't have that fire anymore. And I'm like, Phew. I'll never get to that point, you know, and, and as you get older, mm-hmm. priorities change where you kind of, you still have that fire. You just need to find it. And, sure. and for me, it's, it's the waterfowl weekend because you watch these kids, guys, I call them kids because that's what they look like. They look like kids in a candy store and they come running in and they're like holding this flyer. You got that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we run in there and they grab this big cart, you know, and it's like they're harvesting decoys, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty fun. Yeah. Well, and like you said, we feed on that. And I 100% agree. I think working in the industry such as we do, I think a lot of times it becomes mundane or it just becomes like sure. we're just so used to it. But then you deal with customers, you see people, you talk about it, or we make a post on social media and everybody submits their photos of a yep. Mallard Monday or widget. I mean, right. and it just, it instantly, it, it fuels the fire in you. And so we do sure. feed off that from the people, which we absolutely appreciate their enthusiasm for it because... I mean, the passion's there. Without we just, a doubt. We, we forget about it. We move it to the back burner because we do. work comes first. But And for us, this is work. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking waterfowl or, in your guys' case, you know, sporting goods. But for me, I mean, my full-time job is talking waterfowl every day in mm-hmm. some aspect, whether it's, hey, is this shipment shipped? Is this come in? Hey, I've got this that, that I didn't order. You know, but it's all waterfowl related. So it, you're exactly right. It comes very mundane. Mm-hmm. And you're like you know, think about the seasons, you know, but when you deal with those customers and they do, and that's what they live for. And they, they like, Oh, it's Friday. It's payday. I get to go buy some decoys. Then you get that fire back. Yeah. I was, uh, I get really excited. I get that probably fire back when a new person wants to go and you have all yes. the stuff to outfit them. When it's new, if someone new says, Hey, I want to go duck hunting. I get excited. Well, I, and, and like you said before, 
uh, people are like, well, why do you need two pair of waders or four coats or all this extra clothing? And I'm like, because if someone says they're interested to go, but they don't have the gear, I'm like, you've got no excuse because I got it. Right. And yeah. that's what you say too. I got so many extra waders. I got I shells, mean, all the ammo, sh- gun. I got shell. I mean, yeah. I mean, whatever. It's like a candy store. A I, I just kind of grab the tote out with all the shells. I'm just like, start handing them stuff, whatever, yeah. you know? Did you, I ever, guess, did you ever think watching somebody would shoot a duck would almost be more rewarding or appealing oh, than, yeah. than you? I never thought that. And, I'd rather watch, like you yeah. said, a new guy. Or Tyler, when he shot his first Mallard last year, the excitement yeah. on his Best face. Thing in the world. Oh, man. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, he never done it. And it's just, just recently thought you'd be interested in, in going out there. And it was nothing. It was a, yeah. it was, well, he said one sentence, you know, I was like, done, you know, yeah. come on. Yeah. You'd be here this time in the morning. If you can do that, I'll have waiters, gun, everything, the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. I love shooting ducks, but to watch someone shoot a first duck or a first green For head. Sure. Uh, it's so much more rewarding. Oh, or cooking them the first breakfast or having them experience the first waterfowl sunrise. I'm yeah. gonna, there's nothing more rewarding or more fulfilling to me is watching that waterfowl sunrise. And it's mm-hmm. something different watching the you know, sun come up over water, sitting in a boat, cooking some breakfast or drinking a cup of coffee or having a honey bun or whatever. It's just magical. Well, I know that's And I think it's too crazy. I've taken, or I've been with people who, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kids, and I've been with adults when it's their first time, and the way they absorb everything or take it all in is completely different, oh, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely and it's just, different. It's so much completely. fun. Yeah. I promise you, if you told my, asked my 11 year old what his favorite part was, and he's been on some good hunts. I mean, he's been lucky enough to have a dad that in the, in, in the industry, he would tell you breakfast in the boat. He would tell you sausage and eggs and, you know, pancakes and, eating that in the boat and waiters and then having to set it down to shoot a duck. There's, there's nothing like I'm, that. I'm day. always a sucker for food. <laughs> you and me both. I'm always a sucker for food. Okay. What were we talking about? I got off on. I think we were talking about, you know, getting ready and what we're doing. You know, right. like you're talking about waterfowl weekends, like when you buy that first case of shells. Correct. Which, out of curiosity, right. what are you shooting this year? Everybody always likes to know, hey, you what know, ammo are you shooting? What ammo are you shooting? I'm a sucker for cheap ammo. <laughs> I really am, you yep. know, so I know there's a big push for this ammo or that ammo or that ammo, but you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that if I buy something that's on a good deal and I shoot it well, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. I'm sold. It doesn't have to be a 30, 40, $50 box. It doesn't have to be a $12 box or a $10 mm-hmm. box. If I'm confident with it, I'll shoot it. Um, last year I shot a lot of that federal this year. I shoot some of that real. I've shot some of that real and that real shoots real nice. I've heard a lot of good stuff, you yeah. know, so you know, it's, it's almost like Chevy Ford with mm-hmm. a lot of these guys and, and teach their own, you know, I don't, care, Absolutely. I don't care what you shoot. You, you shoot what you want and I'll shoot what I want. So I'm not real picky. Mm-hmm. I'm not real picky. If I can point and it drops, I'm okay. I'm okay. But you know, as far as checklists, you know, I got, we got off on that tangent, but you know, I start looking at things like cleaning out blind bags. I guarantee if I look through my kid's blind bag right now, it's full of empty candy wrappers. I forgot, you know, so mm-hmm. I think that's a checklist that people need to do. And it's nice to do it at the, at the end of the year, because then you don't have to worry about it at the beginning of the year, but, but we're all busy, you know, mm-hmm. and I guarantee there's a lot of people that have spouses that are, that, that are counting down the minutes. All right. Season's closed. And when it's closed at the end, you're not putting anything away. You're no. putting it in the garage or and a shop honey-do list comes and you're done. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you gotta, everybody's gotta do that. I, I highly recommend cleaning the gun. You know, obviously I've got one not working, so you know, you do that and it's ready to go for the next season. But, you know, what my buddies and I do a lot of over the summer and, and not a lot, but, you know, we do it once a month is we go shoot some sporting clays. It just keeps 
you know, a little bit sharp. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun to wear your buddies out when they can't touch a dove or a teal, you know, in September. I mean, it's a blast. It's almost more fun than if they are shooting well. Um, but you know, that's, that's part of a checklist as well. I mean, I know you're, you know, constantly looking at you. I've seen your posts. You lay out your clothes, you know, whether it be for elk hunting or Mm -hmm. duck hunting. I mean, you are very, very meticulous on what you do. Sure. You know, where I don't know what Chandler does duck hunting, but I think he's a lot more like me. Like it's, it's, you don't want to see my shit. Right. Exactly. (laughs) My stuff, it looks like just a big yard sale. Yes. So yeah, that Chandler is the yard sale. (laughs) I was, I was in the shed the other night and I realized I had like heads for some honkers somewhere like on a, on a desk and I don't know where the bodies are and I have some bases, you know, somewhere else and I don't really know where the bodies are. And it's like that disarray, the last, you know, Canada goose hunt we went on was probably cold and then we were probably done and tired and whatever. And the next stuff goes in the shed oh, yeah. and, and, you know, and we had a camper shell on, so that's why we take the heads off. Cause sometimes the sentries don't fit under the camper mm-hmm. shell and then the bases, you know, if someone forgets some, they just throw them in the back of the truck and then you get home and then you're like, I ain't putting all this stuff back together and just throw it in the shed. So that's, I think, Waterfowl Weekend for me, I was always a sucker to buy, like, some decoys I didn't have. Like, maybe maybe after I got, you know, as many mallards as I needed, you know, I was always buying something new, something a little bit different, you know, some maybe some bright color, maybe some black ducks, whatever. I was buying something, and then that's what was gonna, that was going to force me to, Get out all my floating duck decoys. Organize. Get them yeah. out. And then I start realizing I got to put Texas rigs on some of these. And uh, some of them are shorter than other. You know, whatever. I, you yeah. know, find, make sure I got enough bags for everything. That's what kind of started that process. And then after that, yeah, you think about, okay, I need to get shells. Oh, teal season's yeah. right around the corner. And then and a lot of times at that point, I like to separate you know hens out from a hen mallard so for my teal spread i kind of just do the you same know, thing. grab the hens same out and thing. set them all aside and put all the drakes in another bag and say, mm-hmm. all right now in a couple of weeks you know teal season i just grab this bag and i'm ready to go you always separate like carabiners again too and yeah. oh yeah yeah match yeah. these up I here always, and match those up there i always yeah. start with like five decoys on a carabiner that's weird it's five but the bags i'm using five decoys you can just drop in it when you get to six, you kind of have to like grab the decoy and shove it in. Or if you try to do twelve on a carabiner, that does not work. You don't, you're not going to set it in a bag. No. So I went and got extra carabiners, and I can set five decoys in fast. Mm-hmm. And you just stack, keep five, five, five. Just keep throwing them in this these poly mesh bags that I'm using, and uh, works really nice. But then at the end of the year, not everything's five. And <laughs> no. I got you saw the uh, I have a carabiner wad in the back of my if truck. Did yep. you see that? Yep. Just a big rat nest. Yeah, of they all yes. should have decoys on them, but, but they don't. But they don't. They all they're all right, uh, hooked to each other, and they should have decoys on them, but they don't. Yep. yep. We all have good intentions, but in the heat of the moment, you forget to put a lot of that stuff away. Well, when, one year I had finisher blinds, and uh, it was ice like sleet. You know, mm-hmm. front was rolling in, and I mean we pounded them. It was a great hunt. But the storm was rolling in, so we hurried and folded them all up, threw them in the trailer, had to get back before the roads, you know, really deteriorated, um, cleaned our geese, and that was it. Totally forgot. And that was the last, last day of the season, done. So uh, September rolls around, and it's probably August 20th, you know, my buddies are like, hey, shoot, you know, found a goose field, let's go hunt. Like, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, man, we should probably get some of that stubble off those blinds and everything. Well, that water had melted. The ice, you know, they froze solid mm-hmm. once it got cold, melted thawed and it sat in that trailer all summer and man oh man it was mold terrible mold you mm-hmm. know and i'm like man i'm a 40 year old man i know better but that's just it's a waterfowler for you you yeah. know 
It happens. It absolutely happens. Sure does. Yeah, I, that reminds me. I, yeah, I mentally put a checklist of stuff I'm interested in this year. But I mean, of course, we think about our gear of taking care of what we've already got. But what do we want to add? That's the fun oh, part. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. And there's always something to add. You know, you talk to some of those river rats along the Missouri or Mississippi and I don't know how many decoys they have, but I mean, they've got some old ceramics, you know, some old paper mache. And I mean, they use them all. They mm. use them all and they, they add every single year. And you know, the, the rivers, I mean, they're angry. So they'll take decoys, you know, once a week, you know, not all of them, but just a few here and there, mm. you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been fishing the Mississippi and you, I mean, more times than not, you run into a decoy, you know, just that rogue decoy stuck in a log jam mm -hmm. or something. And it just, there's always constant reminders. Well, and I mean, I don't have a boat. You have a boat. So okay. then there's maintenance on that, getting it ready Man. to go. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> I mean, there's constant maintenance on boats. It's unbelievable. Yes. I mean, we could, this could be a three-hour podcast on, on boat, boat. Yeah, problems. You know, my buddy and I were scouting, for example, scouting last fall and we were all flooded and we were going through the trees and I didn't gauge these two trees right, you know, and they looked a little bit wider than I thought. And I didn't even think about it and just going real slow. And we're watching ducks get up in the distance, you know, and we just wedged in those two trees. And I mean, they were, they were trees you could push over and get through. And, uh, you know, I'm 200 pounds and my buddy is probably 250, 240. And we were on the back of the boat trying to wedge it, you know, get it unwedged to where it was uneven. I mean, it was that bad. And, I mean, it took about an hour and a half. We thought, I mean, it was 12 foot of water. We thought we were in deep, deep trouble. And how do you have somebody find you, right? You know, I mean, the phones don't work. It's not like you can send a pin like you yeah. did to me. And uh, finally we got it out, and it popped out after about an hour and a half, and you should have seen the dent. It was like I hit a tree going 45, 50 mile an hour, you know. And I'm like, oh, we're good, we're good. Well, three months later, you know, down in Arkansas, I leave it out in the water overnight, and we came back, and that whole thing had filled up. We'd put a crack like a stress crack mm -hmm. you know right at the where the flotations go to the boat mm -hmm. and i'm like man that had to have been from the tree had to have been you know just non-stop stuff so i started it up and got it going good enough and pulled the plug and drove around for an hour and <laughs> emptied it you know and then put it back in we welded it together it's waterfowlers are the kings of just rigging stuff not you know on the fly Mm -hmm. crazy redneck ingenuity redneck ingenuity you can see some creative stuff Holy and i like buddy. chandler i like what you said about you know everybody has their their mallards everybody's got this and that but if you're not wanting to spend a ton of money or you're looking to go a little bit different or you're on a budget just throw in six pintails or six gadwalls or six yeah, without a doubt who knows what those ducks mix, see yeah you mix know? up your spread a little bit i've been meaning yeah. to capture one and ask them but <laughs> yeah. it hasn't worked you know like you talked about the early season spread you know i mean you almost wonder i mean sitting there i do the same thing same thing i have like maybe one green head in my you know in the bag and the mm. rest are all brown ducks yeah in early and you wonder if you know I mean, obviously they don't think like this, but I've thought, what if they fly over and go, that idiot, does he really yeah. think this works better than not, you know? But man, oh man, I mean, you don't shoot a good looking duck early season. No, no. or, or up here. No. I'm always like, like the GHG shovelers, man, they're pop, they're bright, they're, they're yeah. white, they're, t right. you know, that cinnamon color. What would it be to throw a six pack of those in our spread? We don't see them like that up right. here, but talk about color on the oh, water. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, I mean, are they going to look at that and be like, come on, you know, yeah. we don't look like that right now. I you mean, know, surprisingly, Aaron, we, you, know, I, you know me, I take a lot of photos. And yes. back when, when greenhead gear was starting to really branch out in different species, I was taking a lot of photos, trying to get a species with a decoy, you know, and I, 
as I got prepared and, and Texas rigged all these, and I'm like, man, there's no way these ducks are going to know that that's a shoveler or that's a widgeon or that's a gadwall. I'm telling you, they know. And again, I can't ask them how they know. And it's got to be just, you know, the size, the shape. I don't know the color, but they know. They know. I mean, we had widgeons landing with widgeons, gadwalls landing with gadwalls, teal landing with wood ducks landing with wood ducks. They know. And I have no idea. I mean, you know, it's the fun part of, of, of learning that or, or trying to think, you know, that's the best part of duck hunting. Everybody's got an opinion. You know, if, if we had 15 duck hunters in here, they'd tell you, I was, they, 10 would tell me I'm crazy. Five would swear by it. The other, you know, if there's two more, they'd say, oh, they smell, you know, I mean, it's just, there's so many theories and I don't think we'll ever know the answer. That's what makes it so magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's uh, I mean, I've shot a lot of, I mean, gadwalls come into mallards all the time. There's a lot mm-hmm. of ducks that just come into mallards, right. but I've also seen, you know, having mallards, gadwall, widgeon, and like wood ducks in a spread, let's say. I've seen, had wood ducks come in, and they sit right next yeah. to that wood duck. Without mm-hmm. a doubt. No, I'm not saying that the wood duck would have just said, nope, see ya, there's no wood ducks in that spread, but I'm sure. saying whenever they got there and they were kind of putting on the brakes, they, they found that other wood duck. It blows me away. blows me because, I mean, you know, they're plastic. You know, mm-hmm. Exactly. Do they see that good? That they see that faint hood on a on a plastic decoy, or is it the color of the decoy, or is it the posture? And that mm-hmm. and that was the whole reason, you know, that greenhead gear really started doing anatomically correct. I mean, we we're the first ones that ever really say anatomic. Now everybody's anatomically correct, and that's okay, mm-hmm. you know. But but the reason we did that it wasn't a gamble. It was because when we were testing these decoys, they were truly landing with that that species. It can't be, it can't be coincidence every time, no. you know, and it, and it more times than not, like Chandler said, they do, mm-hmm. they do. You're right, Chandler. If you put out 60 mallard decoys, yeah, you're going to shoot some teal and you'll shoot some pintails probably, but wouldn't it be fun to, to tell yourself when you're all right, I'm going to go out and I'm putting 12 to eight to 18 wood ducks over here or gadwalls, gray mm-hmm. ducks or, mm-hmm. or pintails or widgeon mm-hmm. and really separate them and, and, and keep, you know, I mean, we got smartphones. You can keep a journal on your phone oh, absolutely. and really watch, you know, pay attention, man, 90, 95% of the time there's, here's what we shot today. Uh, it was a South wind. It was sunny. And 95% of the time we shot three gadwalls, a widgeon, two mallards and a couple green wingers and they landed or they were finishing or decoying near that species you know wouldn't it be cool to just do that and i'm sure somebody out there you know somebody's probably listening to this going yeah i'm doing that i'm doing that i, I if they do i hope they talk to you oh absolutely I hope they talk if to somebody you. listening has done that or you've got some information hit hit me up on social media and i'll like, give you a six message. pack yes. of decoys for the species that you tell aaron about there Done. you go deal okay you heard it right there that's that, that's that's cool that is very interesting it'd be neat to hear about it yeah. We need to hear about it. You ever seen that uh, Major League Fishing? Yes. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm. I would love to do that with duck hunters. I would love to do it. Can you imagine? You know? And it'd be, it's literally almost unfeasible to do it because it'd be so hard to manage. Mm-hmm. Man, it'd be pretty fun to watch. Yeah. So for, some, for that reason, you know, hey, we did, the, we did the crazy spread today, you know, and it worked out for us. And we've got 10 points. Well, we just did a mallard spread and we only have four points. So then the next morning you're like, all right, which spread do we use? You know, it's like a lure. Which lure do I yeah. use? Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty cool to try. That would be. Pretty that would cool be. To try. Yeah, so that's why you can't have too many decoys. No, you're exactly. really right. There is no such thing as too many decoys. Because you know darn well if you're sitting next, you know, there's 500 yards down, there's Aaron and Chandler down there and I'm sitting over here with Houston and we're watching those guys and, and they're shooting a bunch of ducks and they've got a variety pack spread mm-hmm. and we're strictly mallards. 
I promise you, I'm going into Rogers that afternoon. I'm saying, I'm going to take a few of the widgeons and give me a box of teal. You're going to. Because that's yeah. what, I don't care what anybody says, duck hunters are competitive. Oh, absolutely. Pricks a lot of time. <laughs> and they want to beat the next guy next to them. That's just the way it sure. is, you know? So I love it. I love that there's that competitive edge in duck hunting. Because coming from sports, I'm competitive. So mm -hmm. it's partly like why I like hunting public ground so much. Competitive yeah. to the point where even if the next party is a half mile away around in the different cove, Every time they shoot, you swear there's birds uh, coming in and they're doing it on yeah, purpose. Even I know, though they have right, no right, right. Why are they flaring our birds? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you crazy, swear they man. shoot on purpose, but and of course, we're the you know you're out there and you got four dozen mallards and some gray ducks, and it's the one day you see some bull sprigs fly by and they don't land. You're like, oh, it's because I didn't have any pinches sure. out. Right, right. I didn't have a call. I didn't have a whistle. Yeah, that's what you're but, telling you know. yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've it's no secret. I mean, a lot of people do it, but I've really started shifting to more Canada's. You know, in my spread for ducks, because it's just one, they're more visible. They're, you know, yeah, they're big. That. And that, you know, it's a confidence thing. I think, I think when they see honkers on the water, they're like, oh, well, we're good here. You know, who knows? Who knows? Again, wish I could talk to them. Yeah. You know, we'd, have, we'd make a lot of money if we could. Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't we talk about what, uh, what's new this year with oh, green boy. head gear? You know, green head gear has really started to branch out in terms of some other areas that we we felt were a dying, not dying, but more flat. Um, for us, you know, the old, boy, I sure wish you guys had a motion system that stayed in the decoy. Mm -hmm. We know, you know, it's not like we were ignoring the consumer on that. But, th but the big thing for us was it has to be the green headgear style motion. Meaning you have to have the best motion out there, in our opinion, on the days where you need the best motion. Everybody's got a little version of their own motion now. You know, some moves a lot, some moves barely, some moves just a little bit. But I've always felt, and I know this is probably a biased opinion because I work for the company, but I always felt that our motion system was top shelf, was, was you could set it in a store and you could touch it and 30 seconds later, that thing's still doing a little bit of a wobble, right? Mm -hmm. The biggest problem for us was people wanted to keep that stake or that base on the decoy when they were done picking up or to set up to eliminate some time. We get it. We totally get it. Well, we didn't want to use a rubber band necessarily because rubber bands restrict movement. One, mm -hmm. two, they wear out for the most part, especially if you've got them completely stretched at all times. And um, three, we just wanted to make sure if we did it, we did it in a way to where we could keep it and also keep it in the decoy. So we finally figured it out, and it took a long time. We broke a lot of bases. We broke a lot of motion systems. You know, people don't understand that molds, they're not cheap. It's not like buying a soda pop at Casey's or Quickstar, you know. It's, it's something that you have to design. You have to have a mold made, and a mold's expensive. So once we finally got the right one done... We tested the living daylights out of it last winter. I mean, just popping them in, popping them out, cold, hot, warm, whatever, you know. And we figured it out. We got it. So then we, when we finally did that, then we're like, all right, well, we need to make sure that it's a base big enough to where it's not going to blow over or it's the right design. And we had big round bases. We had triangle bases. We had all these different kinds of bases. So once we finally secured the design we made the base you know to where it's square and it's gonna mm -hmm. it's gonna keep the decoy from falling over and, and some pretty high winds so that was that was really the first thing so when we did that then we're like you know what we need a new goose decoy and the goose decoy market has been flooded with a lot of good looking decoys plain and simple i mean i'm not gonna discount anybody's decoys they all look good and will kill geese i mean 
I'm pretty sure you guys probably back in the day used silhouettes made out of particle board like I did. You know, mm -hmm. we'd go to all the construction sites and don't jump in the dumpsters just to find wood enough wood lengths or, you know, sizes to make silhouettes. And we'd spray paint them. I probably have brain damage to this day from spray painting all these geese silhouettes. And we killed them pretty good, you know. Those days are over. Mm -hmm. Those days are over. So um, we wanted to make a decoy that had the best movement that also kept the base inside that had no screws no nothing to where we'd screw up and not pack enough into a box you know i mean if you talk to patrick over at the store if we called him right now he'd say yeah i probably got two or three boxes that don't have the wing nuts i get it i mm -hmm. get it that was a pain in the butt so we wanted to make a decoy that was one piece had the best motion and had some of the other features you know that we were successful in last year with the xd line the soft plastic mm -hmm. um the durable paint and really some of the best flocking that we've seen because if you were to open my trailer right now one it'd be dirty because i'm a procrastinator like chandler and we're not ready yet but you would see three huge seed bags and commercial grades just thrown in there you know and about a dozen of these because i tested them i don't baby them i throw them in there and i know they're going to get dinged up if you were to look at my decoys right now the only thing that shows a little bit of wear is the flocking on the heads and it's not peeling off it's just rubbed down mm -hmm. you know it's because i throw them in a in a in a seed bag a big white seed bag in the trailer and i take off i don't put them in slotted bags i don't do anything the beauty of the new ones is they got that bungee on the back that you can pick up a lot of guys are going to probably put you know these on hooks like a carabiner type deal mm -hmm. you know and that's a great idea too i mean there's so many ways you can do it so you know that's one new product and i think it's going to be a big one another thing you know we've always been that anatomically correct decoy and and i know that it's blase or it's been said before but we mean it i mean if you look at our goose decoy it's not a giant battleship style huge monster of a decoy it's no, the it perfect size of an interior goose like a up bird um you know it's that medium to large size canada goose uh, we have a good friend of ours he's one of the best photographers in my opinion in the world doug stanky and we gave him some to test and to, to photograph. And it's out there on Instagram and on his page. And if you look at the live birds mixed in with these, they are the exact same size. Exact same size, you know. And the colors are right. Um, it's just a good decoy for us. And, you know, the heads aren't going to fall off. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have no. to worry about anything like that. No. That's, just, that's probably one of our more exciting products this year. The XD is, yeah, Canada Goose. The XD Canada Goose and yep. the Black Ducks. You know, That's yeah. the first time we said the name. Yeah. I can just oh, yeah. see a listener just like <laughs> drooling right now. What yeah. is this? What yeah. are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> it's brand new XD Canada Goose decoy from yep. GHG and I'm holding it in my hand yep. and we're all looking at it. Like I was, yeah, life size, like right. true to size. Right. And, I mean, yeah. it's not a giant. And it's not, is, it's not a, they don't call it a honker and it's the size of a lesser. It is just a true. Sure, right. It looks right, like, right. it looks like Nine out of ten geese you're going to shoot. Well, see, here's the thing. I mean, the, the, you you can kill big geese and you can kill lessers and you can kill a mid-sized UP bird with mm -hmm. this decoy. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's gonna it's gonna cover the whole gamut. And the other missing part that we were really seeing in the industry was a decoy that didn't break the bank. You know, I, everybody had gotten these decoys to look so good and so realistic and and big, 
that they, they were pricing themselves out of the market, right? So we made a decoy that is affordable, mm-hmm. you know, and I, don't, I haven't really looked at what you guys have that one. I think it's 199 189 somewhere in there, a six-pack. Mm-hmm. So it's not that $500, $600 range a dozen, you no. know? And you can carry a buttload of them. Yeah. Oh, they're light, other, too. They're light. They have that they XD are. plastic, which I really, really liked last year. I did, As far too. as it's not super thin and lightweight and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel durable you know um mm-hmm. but it's not i mean it's it's got a lot of flex you can tell you can bang the side in concave it even and it's going to pop out yep. and you're yeah, not gonna right nope. you're so not, not gonna get anything yeah. to really hurt it though not gonna shatter when it's cold nope and it's nope. but it's thick enough that it's not going to deform yeah you can see how thick it is by looking yeah. at the bottom cutout that's one thing we've never tried we've never tried to real, really skimp out on on the amount of material because, yeah. you know, if you're going to have a failure, you're going to have a failure because of lack of material mm-hmm. into the decoy. And uh, we've talked about this before. I mean, right now, I mean, you guys work full time for a sporting goods store, but you hunt, you know, so you really know what you want. And it's the same thing for us, you know. I'll be the first one to say sometimes it's hard to get a hold of somebody in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the season at Avery or, or Banded banded gear because we all hunt you know mm-hmm. and we, we get back into the office don't get me wrong but i mean if it's a good morning and the wind's blowing and we, that forecaster said uh, it's going to be a good north wind we're probably going to hunt that morning but that's where the ideas come from you know mm-hmm. that's where that's where a guy can grab our decoys and say you know this was designed by somebody that actually loves going you know loves hunting and that, that to me that that means something still that means something still because there's a lot of people out there right now competition wise you know so mm-hmm. you, you said something a second ago about we work for a sporting goods store, so we know what we want. I think it's just the opposite. I don't know what I want because I see everything sure. all the time, and it's like, right. oh, I want this. No, I want that. No, now I want this. Ooh, mm-hmm. look what just came in. I want that. Yeah. No, I want it all. That's the problem. The that neat thing the about you guys, though, is <laughs> you've always been ones that you'll call me up during season. Hey, we're out here, and you know this is something. Here's what I I want to do this different. What do you think about changing this? I love getting those phone calls. You you've done it, mm-hmm. and and the whole reason is I don't take it personal. All that is is constructive criticism. Say, hey, why don't you guys change this to this? Yeah, great idea. Boom, I make a note. I call the guys. We're like, hey, Aaron brought up a good point about this. What do you think? Man, that's never even thought about that. You know, because you get so blindsided, or you have these blinders on of a vision of exactly what you want. Well, you know what? We all don't hunt the same. No. You know? I mean, we all don't wear the same clothes. As much as I'd love you guys to all wear the same clothes, obviously, mm-hmm. we don't. And that's okay. I mean, that's that's the beauty of waterfowling is there's different strokes for different folks, you know? There's more more than one way to skin a cat. I don't know how many analogies you could use, but that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So. so the XD geese, they, they look incredible. And he was talking about, so... Same looking motion cone as, as what you've had in the past on your right. honkers and stuff. So you got a really, really wide motion cone. A lot of, not just one level, not just spinning in a circle in a 360. Right. You have the wobble. Side right. to side. Side to side, yep. forward, back, side to side, and spinning. So there's all sorts of, when that wind's shifting, there's all sorts of movement you get out of these decoys. But it also has a a... a this part where you pass your, your head of the stake through or head of the base through and it becomes stuck inside that cone exactly to right. where you can pick that decoy and toss it to your buddy and that stake and that base mm-hmm. is going to stay yeah. in there. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So Chandler, you brought up two good, two good things. The first is the wobble, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we had a lot of the guys that don't believe in movement. Well, I don't want any movement. So if you look in that cone, there's a slit in the front. Mm-hmm. You can rotate that limiter around and you can have it stationary because 
believe it or not, there are guys that, that want to limit the movement too much. They think geese get confused and that's fine. You know, they must've talked to goose that we haven't. Mm -hmm. So you have that option. And then what you're talking about is, so this, the stake is exactly, or the base stake limiter is exactly what you said. If you pop that in, I mean, it's on there, it's on there. And, but you will still have the traditional real motion mm -hmm. movement. You all, know? all the free movement. Yeah, Correct. All that, all that Correct. really easy. Yeah, it's got one side's got that the bigger cutout for it, so right. like, it doesn't do 360s. No, none sure. of ours ever will do 360s. And then the other side is kind of like I've heard guys say they want to keep their centuries straight, so they, yeah, right, they're looking right, this way. Right. They're that's what they're yeah. looking at. Lunch you know? line, whatever. Yeah, you know, walking yeah. In. The sure. feeders are all looking yep. one certain way. You know, whatever. Yeah. So there is those the versatility in that motion mm -hmm. cone with with the movement. You know, I, I've got a lot of friends that work for competitors, lots of them, you know, I mean, I get along with, it's to the point now that a lot of these, a lot of us have been doing this so long. We've, there's no hatred. There's no, you know, Hey, you got to feed your family just like I have to feed my family. But I mean, I've had numerous decoy companies say, man, if that wasn't patented, we'd take that sucker. Cause it's a, it's a great system, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not a, that's not a slap in the face. That's a compliment. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, it's a, it's a back-ended compliment cause they wear me out about it, but it's a compliment mm -hmm. and it's, it's good to know that even our competitors are really impressed with that system. So you were talking about the bases earlier, and they went from round to square. Is that on everything or just the new XD? No, that's, that's going to be on everything. Okay. And, and it's, again, that's a, con a customer saying, man, I love y'all's decoys, but this round base has got to go because any high winds or anything, it just really, it rolls easy. Mm -hmm. It falls over. And again, that was one of those deals where we're, you know, we're looking in our warehouse and we've got millions of <laughs> round bases and we're like, yeah, man, high five. And then we're like, how do we get rid of all these? And it just became a, a decision. We're like, we just got to do it. We've got to yeah. do it. And we're going to be stuck with a lot of round bases. So if you guys need some round bases, call Rogers. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's just. Now, what about the guys who like to stack them in five gallon buckets? Those days are over. Those days are over. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure there's going to be some people that are not happy about yeah. it, but. We, we can give them my number at the end of this, and they can have as many round bases as they want because my barn is full of them. Full yes. Of them. I do like uh, the, the bases are beefed up. Oh, they yeah. are. If, they definitely yeah, you guys up. can't see them, but they're, you're not just, they're not just a square and then one, one bar going to the center and then going straight up for the, the stake part where you guys all probably had bases where, you, you know, the old bases where they would bend, the, the circle base would bend or something like that, mm -hmm. and then you'd try to set out your decoy, and your decoy is leaning halfway over, and you have to bend them back. Right. And that's just, I mean, the bases on these are solid. They have have a left to right and, you know, and the state coming out a certain way and multiple weld points to where it's right. solid. It'll keep that thing pretty straight up and it won't bend or break or tip over because of that metal bending and stuff. Yeah, I believe there's four weld points on those. So, mm -hmm. yeah, people like them. Absolutely. And then, of course, the other new product would be the XD Black Ducks. So I guess this this comes off the the success of the mallards. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, I live in Iowa, and we see a handful. I mean, I bet we'll shoot a half dozen tops black ducks a year. But you know, it's gotten to the point where we don't. We don't. It's not like I'm setting black ducks in case a black duck comes, because for some reason, in Iowa, when we do see a black duck, they seem to just not have any problem landing with mallards. The reason we're using black ducks is we hunt a lot of willow sloughs, buckbrush sloughs, stuff like that, and. uh I've got a drone <laughs> and one day I was flying the drone over our hole, you know, and there was a bunch of mallards in the spring. There's a ton of mallards in there and you could see them at certain angles, but they're shadows. Yeah. But they'd flat disappear, but there was one lone black duck in there and I would have, you would have thought it was literally a turd in a punch bowl. I mean, it was <laughs> that 
black down there. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Couldn't not flip and believe it. It was a little windy, so the waves were creating a white, you know, that mm -hmm. white chop, like a white cap sort of. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you couldn't see the hens at all, hardly, or even the mallards, because you know how mallard looks. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they've got a white. Oh, sorry about that. They got a white back, but that black duck was literally like, like you had just a black lunchbox sitting in the water. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't yeah. believe it. And I'm like, on a, on a decent windy out. day, like you were talking about, on a decent windy day where you like to go hunt. That water is rippling enough and reflecting enough. Maybe if it's sunny, that especially yeah. yeah, especially if it's sunny, it's super probably confusing. I mean, if we were flying drone drone over, like you said, those the mallards and hens can get lost in all that reflecting really this, can. and you know, and so sometimes maybe that's why when guys say put black ducks in your spread and put big canvas backs, maybe those are the two re you know those are two mm -hmm. things that help these other mallards and these other ducks, dabbling ducks, whatever, find your spread. Right. Um, over on those days where it could be a little bit confusing to tell mm -hmm. what you guys are doing on. And that's when maybe a, a good duck call or the, the right duck call at the right time sure. really helps you out. Also, it really does, yeah, in terms but, of the finishing aspect yeah, of everything, yeah. right? But using, you know, good calling and something like these black ducks, um, it, it definitely on windy days. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing about a duck hunter is – what works on a Monday may not work on a Tuesday and what worked on Tuesday may not work on a Wednesday. So there's been days where we've done it. A spinner doesn't work mm -hmm. on one day compared to the next, you know, or it gets their attention, but they just won't quite finish into that spinner, you know, or whatever. So that's, that's the thing about a, a, a duck hunter where you're always tinkering. You're always, yeah. all right, I'm going to try a jerk cord today instead of a spinner. Well, you know, you know how that works. Well, just bring the spinner just in case. And, you know, after Absolutely. that first group doesn't finish, but spinner out, you know. And then that's the same thing with we did with black ducks last year. We put them out and, you know, boom, we just had instant. They picked us up, you know. And, yeah, calling. I mean, that's the beauty of, of waterfowling is it's not just one thing. It's got to be a very good combination of multiple things, a hide, a good duck call, realistic decoys decoys placed the right way i mean it's so fun it's like it's it's like a chess match oh absolutely kind of like you and i talk about elk hunt. i can't wait to do it because you said it's turkey hunting on steroids yes. you know and duck hunting to me is a constant i always am humbled i'm never i've never driven out of a marsh or walked out and said no i got it figured out well yeah i was gonna say how many hours have you spent driving yourself crazy trying to figure out why something worked one day and then didn't the next every day yeah <laughs> every 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 flipping day yeah you know Every flipping day. I, I, I'm a firm believer as I can conquer a pintail and land it in the woods. I've done it twice. And I mean, I hunt a lot of woods twice, you know, and it had nothing to do with me. I promise you. It was just the stars aligned and that pintail said, I'm going to come here now, you know, yeah. but we're in Arkansas. We see tons of pintails coming back from the fields and they fly right over us. You know, they like, don't oh, come, yeah. we can get these, we can get these. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. So, well, that's like uh, last year we were hunting down South and we were able to get a speck to come Tim into a timber, timber hole speck. yeah yeah it's just doesn't happen yeah right. where yeah where did that come from yeah um, whoever that was, that was somebody had fun. a call probably oh, yeah, yeah, two yeah. Guys they got them to answer and then once they got them to answer it and yeah. it just stayed on them until they didn't mm -hmm. let them peel off they did, did they? not yeah. no, loner loner speck did not have a chance <laughs> and of course i couldn't hear for 10 minutes after with oh man the speck it's loud. Calls. Yeah, but boy it's a pretty sound though it oh, is. Yeah. it's something about a speck call is really really it's an instrument so yeah. what, I don't know if you can or can't tell us, what's next in the XD series? Are they going to start oh boy. going we, through just Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got, yeah, but there's a lot of things that, you know, we've got, the beauty of us is we don't think about next year. Next year's already done. Sure. We think 
three, four, five years in advance. And we've got basically, and the hard part for us is we've got a guy in the East coast. We've got a guy in the West coast. We've got a guy in Canada, North Dakota, Iowa, you know, all full-time employees. Mm -hmm. Right. So everybody's want list is different. So we've got to, all right, what makes the most sense? You know, because I promise you there's somebody listening saying, I want this. I want this. Why don't you make this? Come on, make it, make it. Well, we got to go. We, we do a lot of research, you know, and I'm, you just got to go with what you think is right for the market, you know, and, and everybody, all the competitors do it, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, they just take a, all right, let's take a stab at this because we feel like this is what's next. That's how we are. And we've got stuff already in the works for next year that we think is going to be really cool, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, when you, earlier you said, yeah, I work for a sporting goods store, but that doesn't help try making the stuff. Yeah. Try making it because what I want isn't necessarily what Rick wants up in North Dakota, but I promise you if I just step back and look at what he wants, yeah, I'll probably take some of those. Too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's the way it always is. It know? always is. Yeah. So we, we yep. can say with somewhat certainty that the XD line is going to expand in others into other species. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt, there's always, you know, that's the beauty of waterfowl. And there's always something that we can revamp or redo mm -hmm. or create that's going to help in our eyes, help a waterfowler. And that's, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like being a coach, you know, a good coach isn't worried about one kid on the team. A good mm -hmm. coach is worried about all 11 or how many ever on the sure. team, you know, and that's kind of how we are and how we've always felt is we don't want to help one region of waterfowlers. We want to help the whole region of waterfowlers, mm -hmm. whether it be East coast, West coast, we want to make something to where they all can appreciate and, and want mm -hmm. at some point. It may not be every year, you know, obviously, you know, black ducks on the West coast, probably a mood point. Mm -hmm. I get that. I get that. But you know, a new golden eye or a new foam field sure. that we're doing, you know, that's, they love that or new pintails, you know? So, you awesome. Know, you know, that's something. We're looking so forward to. if you're not familiar with the XD series, I know we just kind of talked about them. They, the XD Mallards, that was really the first thing last year, right? It was, yeah. So that's yep. uh, that was a big hit. Um, yeah, we did a video on them. We, we got a YouTube video. Up. Oh, my god! We tried to destroy them. It was we pretty fun. We literally tried to destroy them. But um, the, base, the, the, the focus on this, GHG has always had really good carves. And on these these new XDs, uh, the, the Mallards came out, they will even step that game up. But they really focus in on the plastic. Um, and I get, how, how long did it take you guys to nail that down? You know, the funny thing about it is people are like, oh, that plastic's been around. Well, yeah, not really. Not really. Because there's different sub, there's a different mixture. And there's, you know, I mean, if you go into the store right now and you touch all these decoys, everyone's just slightly different, whether mm -hmm. it be softer, harder, you know, more, um, more rigid, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Every, every decoy's different. And, and I, I don't think people quite realize how much testing goes into that, at least for us. I, I can't speak for other, mm -hmm. other competitors, but for us, we test the daylights out of them. Mm -hmm. And somebody would be a very happy camper if they could get all of our seconds, you know, all the ones that we thought weren't quite right. They'd yeah. be like, oh, I'll take them, you know. But to us, it just wasn't what needed to be done. So a lot went into the mixture of this soft plastic decoy, you know, and you can call it what you want, EVA, whatever you know, yeah. um, but man, it's, it's been really good for us and we don't have any plans of slowing down. Yeah. We don't, we can't. It's a, it's great as far as the, the, where it sits at, not too hard, not too soft. You know, it's very supple. 
but can take a beating. We put it through. We drove it over, hit it with baseball bats, drug it behind a vehicle over concrete. Drug it behind a vehicle on asphalt when it was 97 degrees out, so that yeah, asphalt right. was like 130. That was, yeah, was a year ago. It was last July. Yeah. It was before Waterfall Weekend because right, everybody, waterfall everybody waterfall. wanted to come in Waterfall mm-hmm. Weekend and see the well, two you guys. had those. Yeah, we, we brought did. them into the store. Yeah, yeah. and they're still at the store they're still right behind the road. <laughs> they still get asked about it every once in a while. Now. I believe it. Like you got those decoys that you guys just tried to destroy. It. And you can pick them up with your hands and look at them. You can see... Like, there's parts of the keel when we were dragging it behind the truck that were just Rubbing getting off. shredded. Yeah, melted. Shredded. And I think one of them finally rubbed through to, the, to sand falling out. But but the other one didn't. No, I'd still hunt them. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah, the, way, even thinking, the way they looked, they I was still like, kill ducks with them. Oh, oh I'd still hunt them. No, they look, I mean, surprisingly, they look great. Yeah. I mean, you could, if you look at that YouTube video, you can look at us showing. I mean, it's, we did not. You know, we didn't hold back. We didn't. No, we, you we didn't. didn't hold back. I was nervous when you sent it to me before. <laughs> so anybody listening to this, they didn't release that right away. They sent it to me, and I was dreading watching it. And afterwards, I'm like, release it, release it, get that out there because it's awesome. It I just would have really liked good. to have known what was going through your head when you saw us put it on the ground and then the truck pull up in front of it. Well, you, it starts before that when yeah. you told me you did it and didn't really. You said, "Nah, we did this," and you didn't tell me quite no. what you did or what the results were. You know, so yeah. then you sent me the video. And I saw you going to back up. I go, this thing's going to blow up like a Twinkie in a plastic, you know, (laughs) wrapper. And it didn't. It held it. I'm like, ooh. And then, you know, the baseball bat. Ooh. And then I'm I'm getting really pumped up. And I'm waiting for something to fail. And it never did. I'm like, now we're talking. Yeah. Now we got it. um, Did you get your commission check for that video yet? You guys didn't get the mail? (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to look. I'll have to find out where it went. (laughs) No, uh, that that driving over the truck was actually, you know, I think, the driving of the truck scene, you see it now. Um, and usually, sometimes, you know, I saw it in, like, the compound bow world. I think when mm-hmm. the carbon bows came out, they just yeah. drive right over really quick, right? right? Well, Gregory driving the truck, he did not <laughs> drive over really quick. Yeah, he, he drove and, like, stopped on top of it. Yeah. And then, like, slowly rolled over. I was and the best part was like a, then he hit it with the back tires. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like a two-liter bottle, you know, when you hit yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh, pow! And I was waiting for that to explode. Oh, yeah. And it I, never did. I thought it was going to. I did, Because it was, this decoy is sealed. There's no you know, air sure. hole, right. You know, it and is how that, that little, you know, seal didn't fly out. And Oh yeah, release. that's true. It's just beyond Cause me. you watch that decoy blow up, like flex out and oh, expand yeah. out. Yeah. And then he finally decides to roll over it. And then it just shrinks right back to the normal yeah, size. And then it gets hit again. It was pretty impressive. You mm-hmm. guys put him through the ringer. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, yeah. Anything else? You know, the XD Black Ducks, I know, and then the XD Full Body Geese. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got the whole full, or, uh, you know, we, we, yes, we, we redid our whole diver line in full yeah, field. Yeah, foam filled. You know, yep. and, and we really didn't up the price at all, you know, yep. which is huge. And, and we did a, we did a series of life-size mallards foam filled as well, because I know people really like to shoot their decoys. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. My 11-year-old thinks that I just have decoys Growing on a tree yeah. behind the house, yeah. and he can shoot them. You know, I mean, if if a cripple lands in the decoys, I promise you, he's joining the Give Him Three Club, and he's shooting that duck until it dies. <laughs> and the decoys are the least of his concerns. Least of nothing is his concern except <laughs> his breakfast ready. <laughs> so, so we've got that as well. Um, we've got some other things that we really want to release, but we got to test this year. You know, it's it's just part of the game. You know, I mean, if we we've made the mistake. You know, back in the day, we've been around a long time now. And I've been here 20 years and we've made the mistake of not testing some of this stuff and it burn us, it burn us. And mm-hmm. people remind us still to this day every year. And that's okay. That's okay. We get it. You know? And that, that, that's part of the, 
the beast is you you do a good thing and you get five people that say great job you do one bad thing you get 25 oh, people yeah. that tell you what you did wrong Especially and that's just water followers yeah yeah and i'm one of them I, i'm oh, the same I've, way i'm absolutely done I'm the it same too. way i mean I, like i said i've got a lot of buddies that make things that we don't that i like to use you know and i'll be the first one to out in the marsh if it fails call him right now and i'm saying i'm facetiming you look at this it broke you know and he's yeah. like come on man you know exactly. and then I, I have to realize that he'd do it to me too exactly so. it's easier to complain than give somebody an attaboy it is it really is but it really is oh, i hear well. you guys yell at me all the time mm-hmm. get it mm-hmm. we got to give you a hard time and all i'm thinking about else. is sushi right now yeah it's getting close it's, it is chandler what else do we want to anything i mean get i mean I don't know. Just wrap it up here. I mean, guys, we need to go. You need to look at your gear. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm not saying that me and Travis don't do it any better than you guys do, but let's let's get the gear out. Do what we say, not what we do. Yeah. Yeah, make a checklist. Seriously, you know, go through there and say, oh boy, you know what? My cleaning kit's getting old, you know, or my gun case has a hole in it. That actually, now that you said that, that actually reminds me for my muzzleloader, I need more cleaning stuff and for my shotgun. That So now, yeah, I'm going to add that to the list. I, absolutely need to do that yeah we all have smartphones guys and you know there's a notes section in those and just make mm-hmm. a note you know to-do list and, and every day just add something to it and and don't tell your wives or girlfriends because it's going to get expensive but it's oh, fun. lord what a fun game we play oh so. absolutely yeah. you just don't want to be doing it like midnight before teal season yeah. What's, yeah look at the last list i have on there hunting stuff <laughs> gotta love it <laughs> yeah gotta i've got a list i gotta start too yes you talk about it yeah i've and of course notice it was at the bottom though that means i haven't been in it in yeah. the longest so. no, I know, right right so well, you know i mean you can't be blind to see how much water we had and how much water the prairie pothole area speaking had, about man. all the water we had Ooh, what do you buddy. think about all the flooding and the guys along the missouri and mississippi yeah, who didn't get good. crops in it's not good for them are we going to really be a flyover is. state this year uh no i don't think we'll necessarily be a flyover state <laughs> well, i mean I really all, don't. Uh, literally like you know um what grand pass bob brown all those places they're they're still underwater up yeah, i mean no, and i get that and so so here i've thought about this a lot because i live in iowa and i've always considered iowa a flyover mm-hmm. state they need to eat and they need to rest right sure so they're not going to necessarily, you may have some birds hop you and it's not, not because you don't have any food here because yeah. you've got plenty of food. It sure. just may be in form of a dry field. They hop you because they stop in Northern Iowa rather than Southern South Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a progression. Um, unfortunately, you know, some of these areas are going to be hit in terms of the longevity of they, their well, stay, yeah. you know, but if they can get out, if they, if they can get to a Bob Brown and they can rest and not. You know, they have a refuge system. Mm-hmm. If they can rest there and they can get out to some dry fields unmolested, they'll stick around. But I think even up by Bob Brown, it's still all underwater, which, you know, there's times those places hold 90, 100, 150,000 ducks. Right. I don't think they're going to do it because the food's not right there in the bottom. So they'll have right. to go up into the hills. But Maybe. I'm just curious. I don't know what, what is going to take place. It's, it's going to be interesting because normally we have all the water and all the food. Yeah. Well, I like to be a half glass full guy simply yeah. because, you know, this is our industry and you know, look at it this way. You know how many backwater little hidden potholes there are going to be in some of these areas when this water finally does? Or yeah. there's so much water, there's so many hiding spots, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, Arkansas, when I was down there, the, the locals were like, oh, we don't have any ducks. And we'd drive around, and there's so much water down there last year. They're, they're there. It's just they're not where they want them to be. Sure. Right? It's not in the same Correct. spot. Correct. Or like up by the big lake where we hunt. There's mm-hmm. all those crop fields around it. Well, those crop fields, they dried out, so they got planted early. So they'll get yeah. harvested. They'll be... Ducks, are, they're very, 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 very versatile, and they're very, you know, ad- they, they adapt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your, your honey hole that maybe was flooded all summer might not have them, 
it just makes you, all right, it's time to get in the truck and go scout, scout yeah. you know, and find that area. Cause there's areas. There's oh areas. yeah. The beauty is North Dakota, South Dakota, Canada has water and it was a heck of a hatch from what I hear. So we're going to have really? ducks. Okay. It's up. It's up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, very rare to have those perfect years. There's going to be a yin and a y'all mm-hmm. type deal, you know? And, and yeah, we have more ducks might have less area to hunt or might have less food in the rest areas. That might not be a bad thing mm-hmm. this year. I mean, I mean, you talk to the St. Louis guys and they're like, you know, the stars have to line right for them to leave the refuge because there was so much food. Well, yeah. They don't have the food this year. Exactly. So they may be searching. It may be a blessing in disguise. Uh, yeah. And I don't think people have thought through this. It's just been, oh, our area doesn't have food. Well, guess what? Nobody does. So they're going to be looking. They're not mm-hmm. going to just be comfy sitting in 2,000 acres of flooded refuge. It's gone. So they're going to have to go look. So I think it's going to be, it could be a really good year duck hunting. Really good. Let's mm-hmm. just get the weather. What are your thoughts, Chandler? I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, this, some of this cool. new water, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking of these places that have been dried well, up. Well, I know you've been checking out on X quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, yeah. think about that. I mean, that's, we didn't have impounds a hundred years ago. Mm-mm. They, they, they would say, all right. And somehow those ducks know, man, I've never, I can't figure it out, but we've got a pothole near the house. And when it rains real hard, you know, there won't be a, there won't be a drop of water in it for two months. And then we get a good inch rain and all of a sudden it's got 18 inches of water in it. And it's literally like somebody, you know, Hey Mo, you gotta get over here. There's food, you know? And one day, one day it's full of mallards. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They've got to communicate. Oh, got they have to. to. They got to. So you just got to find those spots. Just do your homework. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, to me, that's what gives back to the fire of waterfowling. That's what lit my fire was figuring out where they are. You know, not having that spot that I can drive to every day. It was sneak around and find a good mm-hmm. spot before anybody else. You get a day or two in it and somebody finds it. Hey, High five yourself. Had a good run. Move on. Yeah. Move on. Absolutely. Any other closing thoughts? I'm actually getting more and more excited I now know, that we start too. talking. We about need to it. do this more often, guys, because now my fire's back. Well, exactly. Baseball season's over for my kids. Yeah, let's do this. Yes. Yes, yeah. we need to do this. You invited us hunting before, and it's never happened. I'm, we do yeah, need to do was, this. I know. I know. I know. That was on me. That was yeah. on me. I didn't want you to come down and be bored, but we'll never be bored. We'd have fun. We'd have fun. Yes. There's hogs. There's anything. There's anything. Is there any good sushi down there? Not a chance. Okay. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> I'm sure we can find another style of cooking we can... I don't know. I've never had anything else but sushi with Travis. Is oh, yeah. We can eat other stuff. Okay. Yep. So, okay. Well, I mean, other than that, I can't think of anything else. We'll wrap it up. We're creeping up on an hour. So, all right. Well, if that's it, that's a wrap.